Hello, folks, and welcome to Karate Without Belts. We need to stop joking around before we start recording. I'm John. And I'm Jerry. We're having, having a little uh, little fun before the podcast, talking about, among other things, the delicious, delicious new uh, strain of the influenza that's coming out. Happy Lunar New Year, everyone. Please be safe. Please wash your hands. Please put on your, your masks. And hazmat gear. So. Yeah, I I live very relatively closer to where this is happening than you. I actually feel safer, but uh, we'll see what ha- what happens. But aside from possible possible apocalyptic uh, world-ending plague, Jeremy, how are you? I'm doing all right. Just just, just dealing with uh, the uh, weather not making up its mind whether it wants to be warm, whether it wants snow, ice. I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to sit back, relax, wait until you make up your mind, and then, okay, we're done. And the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, so, I mean, every, everybody here in Kansas City is going nuts, so it's... Uh, Super Bowl talk on Karate Without Bells, folks. Sorry, sorry. I mean, the Chiefs, I mean, it's... I have no real... What is, what is uh, what's his name? Mahomes? Uh, no, who's the coach? Oh, Reed? Yeah, we had him with the Eagles for a long time, and everyone hated him. So, but I guess that's just Philadelphia. Yeah, hey, it's all right. It's all good. Yeah, here it's actually, it's been about the same. Yesterday, I ran my legs off for about four hours. So, I think I can genuinely say I pushed a limit. It was, it was a good training. It was a good training week. I spent about three hours in the hospital waiting for a doctor to just tell me, oh, just sleep more. Because I was feeling super fatigued. Yeah. I was like, why am I so, like, knackered this week? And he's, you know, waiting around just for the, the grandmas and grandpas to, you know, yell very loudly. Uh, and uh, once they got to me, they were just like, uh, you have some higher than normal muscle damage. I'm like, yeah, I, I train. And he's like, oh, that's why. Well, you're fine. Just rest more. All right. Three hours <laughs> later. It's all good. No big secret about that. But unlike what we're going to talk about today, which is about the secrets of martial arts. And I think this comes out of one of kind of how we wrapped up last week's podcast, or I guess in our continuity because Micah's podcast is going to come out before this one. Two weeks ago's podcast, the time in which we last had me and Jeremy on this podcast, I'm trying to prefigure this. Essentially, I was talking about being... Jeremy, you, you put it really, really well about being open and honest when teaching and training. Yeah, and, and I, I guess in a way, I kind of want to clarify that that last that parting comment, you know, when, when somebody asks to train with you, you know, be appreciative of the fact that they, they recognize your skill and stuff like that. But on the same token, to clarify that, on the same token, I mean, you, you also don't want to just give everything away. And and you want to make sure that those people do have the skill set to be able to understand it. You also want to make sure that they also understand, I don't know, the historical background or at least the respect of what you're actually providing to them so that they don't misuse it, that they don't take it lightly and like, okay, yeah, whatever. Okay, that's great. Whatever you know, and so I, I, th- I think there is a double-edged sword. But it, at the end of the podcast, just, something just kind of basically stirred my pot, and re- I, rem- I was reminded of a situation that I'll, I'll be perfectly honest, uh, just ticked me off. And it's like, you know what? I need to say something about it. And, and uh, you know, o- outside the podcast, I'll be more. I'd be more than happy to talk about exactly the situation that's happened with me in the past i i don't want, I, I don't want to get into politics and, and irritating people but look we don't have any evidence of this but we need to get enough people to allow evidence to be introduced so we can have a legitimate trial about it.
about this, Jeremy. All right, um, last thing to talk about politics in this podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, no, 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 I, I got you. But no, uh, I, I like to say this: uh, a, a good friend of uh, a friend of ours. Hopefully, we can get him on the podcast at some point. Has said that we're kind of like the the island of lost toys to a degree. That a lot of us were. Anyone who's listened to this podcast probably understands that. He's probably caught it at least that we were a part of other organizations and stuff. We've part been part and parcel with other stuff, and, and they kind of now are not that case. We're kind of what happens after that. But we are not here to kind of spill a bunch of hate towards people or anything like that. It's because we see or, this as a positive movement forward, or or, or air out dirty laundry as well. I mean, and it's not. It's not what we want to do, and it's not what I want to do either. So no, it's not. It's not, and it's not worth our worth our time because a lot of our time being a part of a lot of these things has also been hearing other people air dirty laundry about other people, and then just kind of you know, it's a it's a it's a fraction of a digression of a, of a beef from two people had that that spawned in a morphed in a weird way and it's not worth going into but what is worth going into is understanding you know what it is you know jeremy's exactly talking about is that when what time does it it's kind of the onus of understanding from a learning perspective and understanding from a teaching perspective and understanding from a general content perspective you know what is the quote-unquote secrets that someone may or may not have in terms of understanding karate and generally you know the the there's a mystique there's a, a weird understanding that the people have that especially east asian martial arts has some sort of mystical secret about it i like boxing or or, or wrestling or something supposedly more you know western european that's just very simple punch kick grab but probably just has as many secrets of its own. We're kind of unfortunately mystiqued in mystery. I think a lot of that has to do with kata and a lot of that has to do with misunderstandings of how stuff works. So today we're going to kind of try to break down what that all means. You know, I, I mean, when I, when I start thinking about that and stuff, I, I look at, I look at a couple different ways. You know, I try to, I try to look at it from my instructor's point of view and who I've trained with. And then I also try to look at it from, you know, different leadership styles, different, different people who have come before, such as like, you know, when you read, you know, the book of five rings or you read, the Tao Jeet Kune Do from Bruce Lee. I mean, we're not talking about those styles, but kind of, I try to follow more along that mental perspective in which right. usually whenever I've, I've been shown something or something like that, but I mean, I'll work on it and then I'll try to find somebody that I can teach it to fairly quickly so that I learn it better. And yeah, I am giving it to someone else, but on the same token, I, I'm trying to get better at it myself. And, and what I've learned is over years of not only teaching martial arts, but also teaching computer science, mathematics, all that kind of stuff, I get better at it when I start teaching it, verbalizing it and things like that. 
you know, what one of my instructors, I, I mean, now I'm getting older, I'm, I can't remember which one said it, but one of them had mentioned, you know, when you're doing kata or you're doing weaponry or you're doing something, you know, whatever you're doing, if you're training on your own, it's not a bad thing to talk to yourself and walk yourself through these things so that you can you're not just building muscle memory you're also building vocalization or you know being able to auditory whatever you're you're doing along with listening to it as well so in other words you got three three senses going on at the same time your right. feel, feel speech and hearing so and you can actually at least to yourself that might always not make sense to someone you're talking to but you can at least articulate to yourself what it mean what it means when you're when you're doing it, and I think that's where people find stuff where they actually find like discover things in their martial arts. They discover things in the katas. They discover things in their training. Is when they try to you know look at it from a more from not an analytical view, but you know a step by step view from what you're doing. I, I I know this for sure is when you know there's there's one way of training which is just the physical side of it, working up a sweat, working out, getting and getting the training in. But there's a side of that that kind of misses the point that I feel like if you're just doing push-ups or you're just doing sit-ups or you're just doing, you know, shadow boxing or bag drills or whatever there's a limited amount of stuff that you're actually able to do but if you're you know you're trained as you're saying is with that me that mental exercise then you're actually able to see stuff and then when you actually start working with people then you can actually say try to articulate what you mean and what you see if you don't have that ability to do that then i, I see this a lot is where people are like we're gonna do we're gonna do this okay and they're not able to explain it. They're not able to break it down. They're, hard, they're just able to do it, and that's it. Yeah, and I'm not talking about what I'm going to talk about next is not so much picking anybody or everybody out, but sometimes, sometimes you'll run into this. Somebody may have just learned something, and it may be something pretty, pretty, pretty intense, or they've been shown some secret of some sort, secret technique or whatever it is in the art and somebody comes up and asks them well you know hey can you show me there are several reasons why somebody may not show that to you one could be your who passed it on to you basically directed you not to show it to anyone you know and you're trying to you know respect their you know respect what they're telling you to do another is you just learned it and you just barely learned it and you really don't want to make a mistake so therefore well, it's secret and, and, and it's kind of like instead of it's secret it's kind of like i'm really not totally sure yet so i really don't want to teach you or it's like i've got some type of prize and i don't want to give that out and it's like it's mine it's mine you know kind of you mine. can't have it it's mine it's my little morsel i'm gonna run away with it there's two sides to that because it's like well that it i can understand why people would pride would prize that but at the same time you know they probably don't understand what they got and that that can be a whole topic or a whole other podcast just going over that you know the psychological aspects of people in martial arts but i, I don't know about you i'm not dr phil i you know, he, he's, he's, no, we're not gonna go there. He, I, I will say this: he, he he can be entertaining at times. So it's, not a real doctor. He he, where he just became a real doctor or something like that. Like he, he was never actually a real doctor. I, I don't know what the I he just has a man, easy mannerism to tell people that they're doing that they're doing something wrong. Well, he plays I, on daytime TV. So. It, it's easy. 
I, I, that part I, I, I personally don't know, but I mean, I thought there were certain parts he, he can do certain th- I I don't care. Anyway, he's kind of entertaining. We'll stop with that. We just um, found out that Jeremy is a huge Dr. Phil show. Oh. I, I am not a huge Dr. Phil person. Just every once in a while, what will happen is my wife will send me some clip. Watch this. And I'm like, oh, geez. It can be kind of entertaining. And I'll be perfectly honest. I use some of the techniques whenever, not only that I'm bringing up my kids, but, you know, even when I'm teaching, I've used some of that. It's like, well, that sucked. You know, how's that working for you? You know, you know, one of his famous lines. So, how's that working for you? You just got knocked out. How's that working for you? You know, it's you know different things like that. But pulling in the secrets of martial martial arts via Dr. Phil style psychology. And then on on, okay, now I'm getting back to it. And then you got another perspective of it where basically you're looking at the person who's asking you to teach, asking you to be taught, and you realize they don't have the skill enough to really get it or grasp it understand it or somehow they're not going to respect it the way you'd want them to to possibly carry that on that's two things there's one side you have the people who aren't prepared to be able to take it on from a physical from a physical perspective and they they want to learn but you know it's not where they should go right now you have other people and then the other the other side of what you were saying was just people who don't respect just just the they're the takers they're the people who they'll, they'll they'll sit there with their cameras and record everything you're doing and try to emulate what you're doing but they will in no way respect respect the fact that you know it's on that side it's not theirs yeah and i mean that, that's one thing i've i've always really been i wouldn't say wouldn't say sensitive but i've been very cautious about people videotaping anything that i've done i usually don't let them videotape anything that i'm doing unless i've worked with them right you know a lot of times if i'm working with somebody at like a like a seminar or something like that and you know that guess what they're they're gonna fly what you know, to New Zealand or Scotland or wherever. You know, Those two I, lands. Yeah, I mean, or, or anywhere in between. You know, not around here. I, I feel like you know, if I've worked with them, I feel like part of my teaching and my me giving that knowledge to them. I I think they deserve to have some type of video so that they can see it. They can they can refresh them. Okay, yeah, I, I remember what I was. And I've done the same thing. You know, when I was. Um, learning a particular weapon. Someone was from out of state. He was he was very gracious enough. He said, "You know what? I don't want to videotape it until after we've gotten to the very end, and you understand or you stuck with it through the whole cut. At that point, yeah, I'll be more than happy to videotape, and then that way you've got a reference point to go by, and and that's that's totally cool, you know." There's a mental exercise of that too, where it's just being patient enough to get to the end of something yes. to, uh, to understand understand it. Um, there's also an element of that is also of event organization. You know, you're going to work on one thing for uh, four or five hours. You're going to work on one thing for two hours. You know, the absorption factor there is you know quite limiting. And that's that's one of the things that I got from you know since Yala, and it happened after I left the organization. And I, I think on a previous podcast I mentioned this. I, I mean, I remember us being in seminars and we'd be doing 
nights he showed on for three, four, five hours or more, you know? And basically, it was to get people to really pull their head out of their butt so they're ready to train. And so that he could actually show us what he wanted to show us. And I I, I remember running into that big time in, in, in the one class. And I remember feelings like, you know, something ain't right, something ain't right, something ain't right. We're going to do this again. We're going to do this again. And finally, after I left, I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, the light bulb finally went off a little ways down the road after I left. It was like, oh, I, I, I knew, you know, each one of those students, they were not paying attention to what they were supposed to be paying attention to. I feel like in itself is a bit of a secret you can teach. It. And and this is this is kind of interesting. I mean, I, I've taken my son and he started his first karate lesson last week. Ooh. But I, I've taken him to a different school because I've realized he's not going to want to listen to dad. And I'm like, okay, let, let somebody else do, do up to a certain point. I mean, there, there's a certain point where I'll probably stop the lessons because, I mean, it's okay. It's good to learn the etiquette part of it and things like that. And, and that's more what I'm really looking for. It's not so much the skill, which... From what I can tell, there's not much there, but that's okay. There's also a community aspect to it where yeah. is there, it, it is the constant back and forth I always I always go on where is like, is it okay to remove that quote-unquote dojo aspect in favor of a backyard family aspect? You know, part of me says that's okay because you get to focus on what's important. The other part says maybe that's not what you want to do at certain times. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we'll see. But, like I said, it, it's just kind of playing out that way and just kind of seeing how that plays out as far as what they teach, how they teach, and stuff like that. So, but anyway, I didn't mean to get completely off track on that, but... No, it's, it's perfectly indirect with what you were just saying. Getting to kind of back to, I think there is a secret there. There's a, there's a teaching secret with what you were saying about those seminars and those classes where you learn a lot from a little and making people do a little a lot is what is a secret that I think a lot of teachers are, are missing out on. And especially in the kind of the seminar culture of, of, of martial arts now is that, you you know, you... I see it at a lot of different places where it's like you want to get a lot of students in front of a lot of different teachers and have them have a lot of experiences and that's all good and fine. At the end of the day, if you can get them to do and focus on one thing, mm -hmm. you know, there's a, a weird secret to understanding how to unlock stuff. From mm -hmm. uh, I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think like, because I kind of learned that from you to a degree, because if you're just working one thing and working one thing, and you learn learn how to kind of break that down and understand it and 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 balance it out in your head, then you can take those skills you learn from that and move it around. If you've got a baseline, a base knowledge, right? And and you un, and you understand. I, I hope I'm not quoting this this leadership course, but I know it's going to come out sounding kind of like it. But if you understand the design of how it's actually going to work, then if you understand the design, you can change that design and you understand the integrity of what your base knowledge is without affecting that base knowledge. If that, 
if that makes sense. So effectively, yeah. you, effectively, you're you know, can kind of give an example. You're doing a right jab. 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 You understand how the jab works. You understand how your fist is supposed to be. So you always left always left your left hand back. And you maybe yeah. do that hundred times every day for five for five months straight. Then you change up the stance. Or or yeah, I mean you you can do that. Or you know maybe add hips into it. I mean one of the things I always go to is just. Just a simple outside block, you know, right. you know, just a simple outside block. And, you know, it's, I think that's one of the key concepts that I learned the beginning of analysis from. And you start with just the outside block, outside block. And you do it time and time and time and time again. And then once you start seeing, hey, the integrity of this is it's so, so much distance from your elbow to your ribs. It's, it's at a certain angle, and then the fist is at a certain height. Bing, bang, boom, done. Now, let's just change that hand position instead of being this way. Let's flip it around. Let's turn it, you know, instead of being maybe this way, turn it vertical. Maybe maybe snap, and then maybe move it forward and down. You know, and, and start really working at, okay, the position has not changed, but how you got to that position may have changed. Therefore, your base knowledge is still there. That is working out of a foundation. Yes, which is n not how a lot of people teach anymore. No, and, and you know, people are so, I, I mean, I hate to say this, but they're so, so preoccupied, so not present to what is around them in their mindset to where they don't want to spend the time to do that. I think a lot of people do. They, 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 see, they see the quick and easy, but they don't, they don't want to go through that kind of drill, and it's kind of like I, I look at it kind of like mathematics. Oh yeah, I want to. I want to be an engineer. I want to be a scientist. I want to be this, and I want to be a mathematician. Get a couple of courses of calculus. Guess what? You know, you start watching them just you know fall away like the iguanas in Florida. If you've seen that, so it's kind of I, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Where the no, the temperature got so cold that iguanas froze and they fell out of trees in Florida. So it's kind of, you know, and I mean, and guess what? You know, when you wanted to do this, you don't want to go through that, which basically you got to understand that foundation to move forward. Martial arts is the same thing. Body's the same thing. It's it's that same principle. So, and, that, and that's kind of how I've always taught. But I mean, it works well for me because. You know, not my degrees in mathematics. I, I'm used to it all the time. So the analytical view of, of martial arts from that from that perspective, as opposed to the curriculum view of martial arts, where where and karate, where it's just like, oh yes, you're a white belt, so you're gonna do this exercise. You gotta learn these these, these blocks and these and these hands positions here. See, and your your teacher from the 1920s there. See, and you know. A new character on on Karate Without Belts, the 1920s uh, mobster karate and karate teacher. Uh, <laughs> then you're gonna go on a green belt, see, and then you're gonna learn this kata, see, or see. Um, yeah, I mean, it takes it takes it away from being a checklist as opposed to actual real learning, and I think a lot of people have trouble learning that way and they do or they've never really been exposed to it well and then at the end of the day there's it also goes down to individual training versus group training can yes. you really do base training base training in, in groups to the extent that, it, that everyone needs it and then is everyone in the same group need the same thing 
Right. Now, 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 don't get me wrong. I mean, to set a foundation for a level of what whatever your school is trying to accomplish, I don't think having that checklist there is a bad thing. But how you approach that checklist can be can be detrimental. Yeah. It's like okay, hey, I'm, you know, it's kind of like the proverbial, you know, instead of going through the guiding principles that we have that we've, that we've been a part of you know number eight you know take care not develop our uh, in the past some Kiowa study for three years masters ran likely research and perfect their one kata for 10 years or more are we going to expect somebody to do one kata for 10 years probably not no i mean that's i want to find the ev- i really want to find the evidence behind all that i really want to take but I, I, I do think it. I think it speaks to the concept of hey, you need to build a foundation before you really try to venture off into something else. And I think that's where the, the misconception of quote unquote secrets comes from. Yes. Where the secret, the secret really, it, the secret really is in the analysis because in the the kokoroe, the, the guiding principles. Yeah, there I pulled out the Japanese the kokoroe. And the very previous principle was that, you know, get, be familiar with the makiwara and other other training equipment. You know, study the kata and the matches. Um, yeah. stu- study how people are, are training. Study how you are training. Yeah. Right? Study, study, study earnestly what, what you're doing. Go from simple to go from simple to hard and from easy to complex. Yeah. And if you really look at it, look at it, you know, the, the people who are running to do the most complex stuff and do the most, you know, do the to learn the secrets to get to the end of the chart, as it were, aren't taking the steps to get. So yeah. when you're when you're trying to get to the end of the chart really quickly, you're missing all the things you need to actually do. I mean, it literally is the finger pointing at the, the heavenly glory in that in that regard. Absolutely, yes. To drop and enter the dragon rock. Exactly. And then you start getting into a lot of other areas with where where is your instructor actually taking you? And so I think that's probably the next thing we were probably going to talk about was moving into loyalty. Well, yeah, and so this goes into what you said last week and, and kind of we're we're riding on initially and so especially from a student's perspective we have a lot of people who who feel the need to be loyal to one instructor and so talked about this a little last week but you know it's if uh, from an instructor's perspective you want to find people who are going to be loyal to your form of teaching you like you said in the beginning of the podcast you don't want to just give away the house to anybody who walks in that's and that's just a form of preservation of what you're doing because you I've run into this where, you know, you might have an idea for what you want and you might know how you want to pass down whatever it is you know and whatever it is you've learned and how you put it together and how you like it being taught. Mm -hmm. But if you can't trust that to somebody else, genuinely trust that to somebody else, then it becomes and it's, a, and it's a real big problem and you have to really make sure especially when you it comes down to you know what you you tend to teach everyone and what you actually want them to understand i think the the, the key to it is to kind of have that in plain sight to hide it in plain sight of what you're teaching you know the, the dna of your secret of whatever it is you know which is obviously in what you do unless you're trying to falsely show people constantly then, right. then there's a question of whether you are actually practicing what you really know or are you just creating bs in front of people on 
and kind of paper walling your 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 real knowledge, paper paper walling your knowledge with BS. You know, I think that there's a lot of problems there. And I've heard about this way too much. Is that your your secret should be in the DNA of the first class? Yeah, I mean, in, at least very early on. Yes, absolutely. I mean, depending upon what what all you're teaching, I mean, it, you know, you can run over to several classes. But you know, tying into that, you get into, I mean, you get a student view and you get the instructor and i think the instructor view really needs to be okay i i you know i trust this person to give this knowledge to you but i'm you know after a while you also have to trust that person to be able to say hey look you know i don't know all the information that's out there i don't and to be able to trust that student to like go look at other sources and make sure that they can make good decisions of the sources that they that they go and go and look at as opposed to just go to some schmuck in some some school that all they're trying to do is take money and stuff so yeah and i mean that's where i think it's important in that particular case it's important to have a connections with people who are genuine who who want to genuinely share what they what they know and are open to what you have to say and you can actually have a dialogue with rather than what ends up happening, which is kind of like, you know, what we like to say, like mafia martial arts, where it's, you know, or even worse, like uh, kind of like uh, branch martial arts in some ways where, you know, there's the teacher, but he's got a, he's got another teacher uh, that he, you know, kind of kicks up students to and he's got a, a head teacher that he kicks up students to not kind of not in that chain, but you know, at least having a circle of people that, you know, or a group of, of people you can rely on, you know, that you can connect with and you can trust and be genuine with, then, you know, you can help pass things down and then create something better than what you've had before. Right. And it's also to realize is that you're also in progress, that everyone's in progress, that the person that you go and start training with, you know, today won't be that same person in five years. When the next, you know, when that next new person walks in the door. Absolutely. And, and I, I think, or at least I've always looked at my job as a, as an instructor is how can I guide somebody to get the knowledge that they're looking for? Whether it's me, whether it's somebody else, whether it's even somebody I don't even like. I've sent people every once in a while to people i don't like but if i knew that's what they were looking for look i think this is gonna according to what you're wanting i think this is probably what's going to be best for you and not be hung up that i've got all the answers or anything so well and the other side of that is it is to explain to people you know what what it really takes to get to the the point where they want to go and explain where, where your limitations are like if you just want a black belt i really think it's okay to have the black belt in the back of the school and just say okay here you go bye bye and it's to, and i think that's a perfectly fine le- for you know depending on the student's attitude i think that's perfectly fine i i can i can see that to a point but i can also see i i can see the first time you know that person gets into an altercation they get you know really jacked up and then then they come back and blame you and then that's all that's a whole nother that's a whole nother legality of stuff well that's that's that that, that's another that's never has anything to do with the either the loyalty of the student or or the the quality of the teacher that has everything to do with the situation that's how a situation unfolds i mean you've mentioned the book of five rings and i think i don't know if this is translated all that well but 
one of the best quotes I remember, you know, the, I pulled that stuff out in high school and just started reading it when I was supposed to be doing my homework. And, you know, one of the most striking things I read in there was, you know, an unskilled man can take down a skilled man. One person can take down many people. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, you know, by that logic, one unskilled person can take down an entire group of people who are skilled. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I, you know, from that logic, from that understanding, you know, you, you really can't, can't argue with that. So I think the other trap you get into, and, and I touched on it briefly, is, you know, eventually you're going to get to a point in an organization or training with somebody or something, and you're going to, you're going to look at each other. And it's like, basically, does my training integrity match my personal integrity anymore? Depending on the situation. Yeah. And not to go into it, but that's, that's why I left my previous organization because because there was something that happened that interfered with my personal integrity and I felt like I couldn't effectively teach there any longer and be right. and, and be true to myself. I, I, I'm the one that had to look in the mirror of that. Now each, each student eventually will get to that point. you know maybe maybe yeah, okay, maybe it's not so bad that I have to leave. Or maybe it's something that I compromise my own integrity just to be here. And, and that's difficult, and, depending and, on the, your community. Yeah, and, and how how good is that for the individual? And I think, I think sometimes, or I know in the past, I, I know of situations where it, when that's happened, it's like all ties are cut and it's like uh, this person is basically dead to me. And therefore, it's not so much you're not loyal to what was being taught, you're not loyal to something that's going on. And you're trying to address it and it, you, you just come to a point where it can't be addressed. And I mean, I largely agree with that. Where, you know, I've been in the middle of something where, I mean, wasn't it, didn't it involve, really involve me at all? You know, I saw like it kind of start where one person was kind of rising in prominence within the school. They started doing something within the school. The owner of the school wasn't careful about it. He didn't really understand what was going on. The owner of the school got jealous at the person who was rising in prominence. And in, in, the, in a heartbeat, that person was teaching at that school and the owner right after they got done teaching uh said get your stuff give me the keys you're done and kick them out after that person had done mm -hmm. before them, and help you know make them money yeah and not like literally down the street that person opened a, opened a competing school you know i think they both that particular group's meant defenses at this Point maybe maybe not, but it was just and it just kind of contacted the person that was happening to it was like kind of like you know what you expect. Yeah. That owner of that school was not careful with you know wasn't wasn't even respectful of what was going on. Didn't even really care um, as long as they were making money. Yeah, and, and that throws a whole new wrench into the whole mix. But, well, uh, and 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 that's what you mean when we when we talk about integrity. You know, you know the secret the secrets of any martial arts school or of any of any school are not worth your your personal integrity yeah your loyalty to a teacher is going to stretch that right yeah i mean it's like how far are you gonna go how far are you gonna follow this person you know some, some people i've seen have been very dangerous to me is very dangerous on just kind of the borderline of almost idolizing some 
like an instructor or something like that. And I'm like, no, I, I, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm not going there. And so that's, but that's me too. And so maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not going to idolize some instructor. I mean, I'm going to respect whatever teaching I'm getting from them, be able to apply it and move on. So, well, and there's a different large difference between respect, loyalty, and and idolization. Yes. you know, you can, you know, you can be like Mr. Fanboy about something. I guess there's a certain place for that. But when it comes to martial arts, that's an activity. That's something that you do. That's something that you, you know, it's not just something like you have a poster of somebody. You know, you, you just don't have a poster of Chuck Norris on your wall. Like if you want to try and be like, be like Chuck Norris, you got to grow that beard and, and start and start in the mat real hard. Yeah. Um, maybe move to Texas. I don't know. Hey, they don't. Don't knock that. I don't. Don't get me wrong. I I love Chuck and I I love all the Chuck jokes. I'm telling you right now. That's right. I, you know, we're not here to knock Chuck Norris, but I mean, if you, yeah. you you're you're just growing the beard and not doing the training. Well, I mean, another one is is Bruce Lee. Right. And, that's a, that's an interesting that's an interesting can of worms there. The guy who says don't have, have make, create your own personal style. And the moment the, the man died, you had to you had factions. Saying we're gonna do Bruce Lee's style, and the other faction saying he said not to have a style. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it, it, it's interesting, and I, I I I hear people talk about you know things like greatest of all time. Yeah, you know, I mean di- different things like that. And don't get me wrong, I I think I I think Bruce Lee was somebody who had some very strong insights on things and stuff like that. But to say he was the greatest of all time, you take away hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of of people that came way before us that that passed the stuff on from years to years like look at Miyamoto Musashi who wrote the book of five rings I mean he he, he was funnily funny enough I may have mentioned this before but I a guy I had known who's a friend's uncle uh, very kind of a blowhard guy but he knew about Miyamoto Musashi and was like Musashi knew who was the real guys and who wasn't the real guys and I was like, wow, that's interesting. But like, I mean, Musashi was even like, there's people who will, who will spit the BS, have the big schools and have the, the, all this nonsense because of families and whatnot. And there's people who are actually going, who are actually going to train and, and understand this, which part, which ones do you want to be a part of? Yeah. And I mean, part, part of the thing that I always liked about him was from what I've gathered from history is he'd always approach things like, I, I don't know everything, but I know more than this person. I don't know more, I don't know everything, but I know more than this. How can I know more than this if I'm just training and they've got all these different entities and stuff? And I'm bringing this up because I I think that's where people get into problems, like teachers and students. You know, and... One of my previous instructors, I, I I think I know who it is, but I'm not talking about Adam or anything like that. But I mean, they would say, you know, sometimes people start beginning to believe their own stuff. You can add adjectives into that, um, but we we won't. We'll keep it. We'll keep it PG. But I mean, it's you I like start, our, our first couple episodes. I mean, it's you know, you, when you start believing your own stuff, it's like, wow, I must be really really good and this that and the other thing it's like well maybe you are maybe you're not 
And there's one thing for confidence, and there's another thing for false belief, I guess. I guess that's the best way, or false confidence, I guess. So. Well, and and there is a, a good a good way to kind of put that, where it's like, you know, if you have a teacher in a school who is training, as opposed to a teacher in a school that's sitting there watching. Yeah. Or I don't even say that, because that's not always the case, but it's, it's more of a teacher who is... Uh, better, better is just, just walking around screaming orders, or somebody who thinks you know think, thinks of themselves re- real highly, rather than training with your students, rather than getting in there and working with them. And there's some teachers who can't do that as well anymore, age, injuries, whatever. Right. But you know you can really trust that someone's at least trying to trying to perfect what they're doing. And I think you know the best way to hedge that off is just don't be afraid to talk to other people. Don't be afraid to to reach out and 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 you know experiment and and always kind of re re look at what you're doing yeah don't be afraid to you know to 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 crack and to crack open like crack some heads with some students no it's just you know more sometimes it works you know but don't don't make me do another disclaimer on safety on here yeah yeah no 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 but you just uh, go. I've, I've heard from one person that they don't want to spar with their students because they're afraid that they will either lose face or to, or just beat the crap out of them. And sorry, not especially if you're making making that particular part of training most important. You kind of have to jump into that. So yeah, I I, I do agree with that. I I know for me, I used to I used to make technique the most important part of my training. So guess what? Every class we're doing one or two techniques. Every class, and that's that kind of be like you saying I don't want to do technique on students because I'm afraid I'd hurt hurt them, or I'm afraid they'd hurt me. Well, I mean, won't work. The, the only in any time any time a technique was going to p- potentially mess up with their nervous system or something like that, I was, I was very careful. <clears throat> I was very I was, probably, oh, I was probably overly careful, which is not a bad thing, especially when you're no, talking about no. I mean, it, and I think you know, I, I think in that aspect, you know, trying to build that loyalty as well too, because I mean, you don't want to, you know, come here. I'm just gonna pound the absolute crap out of you bam you know and just start knocking you out left and right it's like no at what point not... is it become an abusive relationship yeah it, you know and it's it's not good and i think also it it does need to be under control because you're you're, you're working with that student you want to build that trust as well too so I'm trying to think anything from the student perspective on loyalty. Well, I think it, it, at what point do students become practitioners? And I think that, that that's almost a completely <clears throat> different topic. But to, to kind of touch a t- put a toe in that, that pool, as it were, you know, there's a certain point where a student will eventually mature, hopefully eventually matures. Right. And they, it, they, it, the kind of martial arts becomes a part of what they do, becomes a part of their life. And I think that where loyalty comes is where they, they stop necessarily seeing you as the one above all. Yeah. Or as somebody they can confide in and talk to. And where yeah. you actually do build a relationship with that person rather than there's always this weird separation. Yeah. And, and I think it's inevitable, but. Yeah, and I think that becomes kind of an awkward time in training, too, because at that point, you've looked up to this person, this person's a role model, or 
or more and you realize hey i'm starting to build build my own understanding of everything not just everything he's this person's teaching me but also my understanding of what what i'm getting and you know at that point how how does that relationship evolve does it become is there still loyalty there or does it diverge into into a split of some sort or where you're button heads right and i think it's important for students to understand you can eventually see the flaws in your own instructor you will if you are if you're your eyes are open enough you will yeah Uh, that's not a bad thing but it's how you approach how you approach it sometimes is yeah and um, it's difficult that's very difficult yeah i mean in one instance i i was definitely not very tactful but you know that's that's okay but um it it needed to be done that way anyway so but anyway we'll just leave it at that I think, and I think for any for anybody, you know, as as long as you have a decent relationship with it, with with your teacher, as long as you have done everything you can to build a decent relationship with your teacher, you know, their response is on them, not on you. Yeah, and 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 remember, you know, this person is a teacher. They, you know, at at a point they are they are a role model. Don't don't look at them. Try not to look at them more than just a role model that, that somebody's teaching you, and eventually that relationship's going to change. Yeah. So, cool. So cool. Well, I think we I think we we've we've tossed the ball enough on that topic. Anything you want to want to kind of close out on? Not not this week. I think I'm good this week. So. <laughs> yeah, I I think uh, loyalty and 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 kind of seeing you know understanding see what people perceive as secrets at least is important and it's important to understand you know if you want the secrets of martial art just train yeah because there there aren't at the end of the day there aren't a lot of secrets it's just how how much you've put into your training and keep your eyes open keep your eyes open while you're training Eyes closed training is not a very is not is not advisable well especially after you drink a lot of sake but anyway that's don't throw it around nunchucker, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't do drunk nunchucker in class. That's bad. That's, that's not good. <laughs> cool, cool. So, Jeremy, what are you working on this week, other than other than snow makiwara? Basically, getting back to back to what I was last week is getting a set schedule. It's just uh, everything was just kind of crazy because uh, trying to trying to get into work and it's like, okay, well, my normal commute of 15 minutes is now like an hour and a half. So it's like, okay, yeah. So anyway, that's the way it goes. Okay. So. I'm going to be trying to kind of just strengthen my legs up a little more just to make sure that I don't, don't kind of peek out on in running. But more with karate is... Uh, Focus on rebuilding a uh, kata we worked on one time. You know, hopefully Nunti Broom will be just as good as Nunti Bow. Exactly. Well, folks, thanks for listening, watching, uh, liking. Uh, the more people do that, the better it helps Google algorithm uh, reach out to more people. That's where we're trying to kind of go. Allow this to kind of go out a little more naturally than trying to post this on anything you know, Facebook, Reddit, whatever. And social media, I find exa- I personally find exhausting. So, you know, more people actually like the YouTube stuff and more gets out there naturally. 
Cool. The more you share it, less has to do with us actually doing that. So thanks for everyone who's been doing it. Um, thanks for people who've been donating to Shuri Joe and uh, Australia. I feel like the current virus may spark another thing we have to possibly plug. Ooh. Well, Jeremy looks like he's about to run out the door because there's a fire in his house. So, th- folks, thanks for listening. I'm John. And I'm Jeremy. Keep on training.